trick or treat. Let's dive right in. Go! Making Waves, an NFL confidence pool podcast. I'm your host, Mech. And I'm your spooky host, Bob. Spooky host, Bob. It is good to see you. It is good to be back to Making Waves this week for week eight of the NFL. And I must say, it is a spooky one. We are going to be looking at all of these crazy games. But just at first glance, I got to tell you, this week is pretty scary. This is perfect timing uh, for our Halloween episode to occur because there are a lot of scary games. There are a lot of spooky close matchups. And yeah, this week, uh, there's no no rest for the weary because there are a lot of good games. Yep, I could not agree more. We're looking at some tough games, some tough matchups coming up in week eight and I don't know if it's going to be a trick. I don't know if it's going to be a treat. We still haven't really figured out which teams are a trick or a treat this year. We just are not doing too great. But uh, going along with how rough we've been doing and spooky things, uh, do you want to give us a little update on our confidence pool league and how, how we're looking? Yes, I would love to. And contrary to popular belief and how we've been doing this season, we actually didn't do that scarily bad. We actually went Ooh, 11 a out of... treat for us heading into Halloween yes, weekend. Finally, no tricks. Last week was just a treat, but there was a trick associated with it. So we went 11-3 and three in 14 games, which is far and away our best week. 11 wins, three losses, big-time treat, right? Well, there's a little bit of a trick associated with that because the three games that we missed were all double digits per usual, of course, just kind of going along with the... Uh, with the topic and the, just the way the season's been going thus far. So we got a total of 69 points last week, um, and we jumped up to 14th place, which is great. Uh, we now have a total of 493 points and are just 67 points behind the leader. Uh, the leader's name is Miss Ditka. We're not sure who you are, Miss Ditka, but uh, we're coming for you. And like I said, we missed three games. So uh, once again, per usual, like I said, we missed our highest confidence for probably the fifth, fifth out of seven weeks. Uh, weeks so far. Um, we missed the Bucks at 14. I don't think any of us could have predicted Tom losing to a Panthers team that had just traded McCaffrey, had P.J. Walker, who was in the XFL a couple seasons ago starting. But yeah, they didn't just beat the Bucks; They stomped him. So we missed that at 14. Once again, I think I can speak for my co-hosts that we're very happy about the second one. We missed the Packers for the third straight week in double digits. We had them at 12 against the Commanders. Oh, what a treat that was. That is a big <laughs> treat. So we're always happy to lose the Packers at any confidence, but we're both fine losing 12 um, with the Packers. And then me personally, I know I can once again speak for my co-host here. We were both super happy about the last one that we lost. We had the Patriots beating my boys on Monday night at 10. I could have told you that was silliness. My boys, they stopped the Patriots, and we missed that 10 on Monday night. But you know what? That was a big-time treat for me. Nom, nom, nom. You could not have told us that it was silliness because you also chose the Patriots to win. Yeah. But uh, I had a little inkling at uh, at game time, and 
man, oh man, if we only had a little bit more time to switch it, I would have said, let's go Bears! Because, you know, all right. yeah, well, they called, yeah, they called all... me and they were like, we're really confident. And then it was time to, time to kick off. So, well, I mean, to be fair, you always want to pick the bears. So me want to pick you? the bears? No way. No way. You picking the bears with these tree? Never, <laughs> never. Oh my gosh. No, I love it. Well, we will look ahead and we'll see about picking your boys this weekend. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. We're not picking your boys this weekend, but that's okay. But before we dive into all that this week has to offer with these spooky Halloween-themed games, let's look at some other spooky things like injuries around the NFL. First up, we have Ryan Tannehill. He suffered an ankle injury, and he is questionable for this upcoming weekend. Brees Hall, this is a bummer. We were talking a lot about Brees Hall last week and how much he has just electrified the Jets' offense. He's a rookie. Uh, running back for the Jets. He tore his ACL, so he will unfortunately be out for the rest of the season. That is just a serious bummer for somebody who was on quite the hot streak. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is the backup for Christian McCaffrey at the Panthers. And, well, I guess he's one of the backups for Christian McCaffrey, who has since been traded, trade alert, trade alert, trade alert, trade alert, trade alert. To the San Francisco 49ers. And we were talking about that a little bit last week, that there were some rumors going on about that. It did, in fact, happen. Christian McCaffrey did, in fact, get traded for a couple different draft picks to the San Francisco 49ers. So that was a huge one. That's a big one. Wait, were we talking about that or did somebody uh, specifically predict that one? Well, I was trying to also give you a little credit, but yes, I guess it was me specifically talking about that. And you said, what? Christian McCaffrey? And yeah, Christian McCaffrey. He got traded. Man. So I guess back to the injuries. Sorry, side sidebar there. Uh, Chuba Hubbard suffered an ankle injury. He is questionable. I do believe there are some other backup running backs in line, though, for the Panthers. So I don't know if that will make a huge, huge difference. Uh, One that will kind of make a big difference is DK Metcalf, the star wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, suffered a knee injury, and he will miss several weeks. My boy, Amon Ross St. Brown, suffered a concussion. He is a concussion people. He is questionable to play this weekend for the Lions. Alan Lazard suffered a shoulder injury. He is questionable as well. David Njoku is a tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He had an ankle injury, and he will miss two to five weeks. Evan Neal of the Giants, he is an offensive tackle that does a great job for the New York Giants. He's been really protecting, opening up some lanes for Saquon Barkley. He suffered an MCL sprain. He'll be out for two to four weeks. And the final one is Mike Williams. He suffered a high ankle sprain. He'll be out for at least four weeks and that just sucks for me because I have him in both of my uh fantasy teams man that does suck I have him in a couple fantasy leagues as well and it's never good losing a fantasy stud but for the Chargers never good losing a top receiver and sorry I was kind of giggling there because these injury reports are so long and I was just thinking about how long it would be if you literally were listing all the old ones as well and it oh my gosh be, it literally would be the entire episode of you just you listing injuries and we're like well that's all the time we have for this week's episode. Moving on. Folks, uh, thanks for tuning in to all of our injuries. <laughs> oh, man. No, I and I appreciate it. I got to give a little shout out. I had a very, very busy day of work today. So my great co-host, Bob, actually put that injury report together for me. 
And it was very comprehensive. I appreciate that. You are so welcome. So happy to help. Um, a shout out right back. You did that for me all season last year. So it's the least that I could do. It's the least hey, I could do. you know, we help each other out. We help each other out. Look at that. Look at that. That's what friends so, are for. So cohesive. I love it. Making <laughs> waves, baby. Oh, my goodness. Gotta love it. Well, I think without further ado, it is time to kick off our spooky episode, Halloween themed for all of these games. And we are going to kick it off Thursday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks. And the way this works, if you were not with us last year for making way for our Halloween episode, is Bob and I kind of assign a little theme or a little category to each of our games that we give analyses on. And I'm just going to kick it right off. I'll just give you a heads up. All of my games are going to be related to Halloween candies. Some you may like, some you may not like. I may have some hot takes for you on some different oh. candies that that I like or don't like. And I'm just going to kick it right off Thursday night with the Milky Way game where the Baltimore Ravens at Tampa Bay Bucks. And for me, Milky Way is a candy that you would expect to be good, right? It's got caramel. It's got chocolate. It should be delicious, right? For me, wrong. It is not good. I hate Milky Ways. And everyone always gives them out all Halloween long. And to me, they're just kind of disgusting. Similarly, this game, it's, I'm coming out so strong and so hard. Oh, my hard. God. You hate Milky Ways more than I hate the Colts. Holy crap. <laughs> Jeez. Similarly to this game, if you would have told me before the season started that the Ravens were playing the Bucks, I would think just what a great game. So delicious. Caramel, chocolate, Ravens, Bucks, delicious, right? Wrong. The nougat in Milky Way is what spoils it for me. The little like nougat fluffy area of the chocolate. And for me, unfortunately, that is the Bucks right now. The Bucks are not doing a very good job. Tom Brady is kind of stinking up the place, and people are chanting that, you know, maybe you should have retired there, buddy, because things are not doing going very well for the Bucks right now. I have a strong feeling they will continue to decline here, and the Ravens, on the other hand, I think are going to be able to get the job done, even against a semi-solid Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Their offense has just not been performing I've got the Ravens in this one, and I've got them at a spooky high level of nine. Oh, nine. Okay. I had a feeling based off of that analysis you were going to go semi-high. I was not expecting nine, but I respect it, especially because the Bucks they really have no life in them. Everyone was saying last week was like a must-win for them, and they're like nobody better for the Bucks to get back on track against than the lowly Panthers who are basically waving the white flag. They traded away their, you know, their nucleus, CMC, for a lot less than people said other teams were willing to trade for him. So they were trying to just get rid of him, apparently. And a lot of their other high pieces are on the trade block. So it's like, okay, Bucks are obviously going to just march right through the lowly Panthers. And they didn't even score a touchdown. They got three points. So I couldn't agree more. This game is scary because it's hard to pick against TB12, especially at home, especially when he's had a couple losses in a row. But this is a different TB12. This is a different Bucks team. And by the way, hot take, do not like Milky Ways. If we had more time, I would definitely dig in a little deeper to that. But uh, 
Also, do you want to go ahead and, and pop in a donut to start off the episode here? Oh, thank goodness. I will not be eating any donuts during the recording of this episode. I I have not fully recovered yet. I tried to eat one over the weekend with a coffee and immediately I put it in my mouth and my body was like, nope, 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 Absolutely nope. Do not, not do this again. Absolutely not. Yeah. Just to give a very brief 10 second update on that, Mac finished 22. She was kind of struggling the rest of the night. She had to take some stomach medicine and she was feeling it into the next day. She sent me a picture a little after lunchtime saying she was finally getting some solid food in her belly. So y'all, Wave Riders, she did that for you. Um, so, you know, give her some love. She she did, uh, she had 24 hours of pain just to give you guys the uh, a little bit of satisfaction and a little bit of entertainment there. So yeah, we love I appreciate you. that. I got, I got love some love on Instagram. I got some Good. respect on Instagram. I think once some people well, saw that they weren't actual like donut holes, <laughs> that they were mini donuts and larger than Danny than donut holes, I think that people realized, okay, 22 is a pretty solid number. 22 is a very solid number. Um, so shout out to you on that. But I digress. I yeah. agree that the Ravens <laughs> I agree <laughs> that the Ravens are gonna win. I'm a little less confident, so I have them at six. Okay. Cool. Happy with that. And we will absolutely figure that one out easily off air. And we can just move right along to the Sunday morning game. So set your lineups early if you have fantasy football. Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. We're actually traveling back across the pond, back to London. I believe this is the last London game of this season. We've got the Denver Broncos at Jacksonville Jaguars. We're heading back to London. Hopefully our practice on our accents has done us well with some teas and crumpets. I don't even know. <laughs> some teas and crumpets. Some teas said, and crumpets and some I Halloween candy. Halloween candy. Some. See, I can't think of any English candies other than poppy seeds and nougat. <laughs> okay, great. Poppy seed and nougat. I'm glad I don't have this game. Because I do the candy themes. What do you got yes. for your Halloween and theme? I did... Okay, so for my Halloween theme, I'm doing like monsters and like scary characters in movies, other Halloween themes. So for this game, I thought it was perfect to kind of talk a little bit about Russell Wilson. He has been spooking us all with his cringe comments and terrible play all season. And in my opinion, I think the Jags in this game are going to play Freddy Krueger. They are going to be the team that's finally going to end this nightmare of a season for the Broncos and for Russ and for all of us. And I think Freddy Krueger's going to enter Russ's dream. He's going to finally put those long, long uh, fang fingers through the belly. Broncos are about to be two and six after this game and their season will officially be kaput. Les Ride is about to finally be put to sleep. And yeah, this is a tough one. Broncos are just really, really bad. Uh, Russell Wilson's really, really bad. The Jags also have lost four in a row now after they were kind of surprising us. So this was tough because if it was anybody a little bit more decent, it would be a lot more confident because I'm so confident of how bad the Broncos are. And right before we hopped on this podcast, little side note, there was another cringe moment that I saw. It's like never-ending cringe moments from Ross. Like I sent Max something on Instagram yesterday of him talking about how he has Wolverine blood. And that's how he's, he's like healing quickly and he was giggling to the reporters. It's like, dude, no one wants to hear these side comments from you. You're two and five. All of Denver is pissed at you. But he was talking about how on the flight to London, he was doing like knee raises like in the middle of the plane for four hours trying to like heal. Like, dude, nobody cares. If you're going to play, play. If you're not, nobody's going to lose any sleep. Freddy Krueger is not going to care. He's going to end you 
irregardless. So for all those reasons, I think the Jags are going to get back on track. I think the Broncos season is going to be a kaput, thanks to uh, Lord Farquaad and Freddy Krueger. So I've got this one at five. A little scary, but I got it at five. Ooh, all right. Ding, ding, ding. We have our first match of the episode. I also have the Jags, and I also have them at five. All those reasons that you mentioned, I couldn't agree more. And I actually heard a little rumor. Who knows? Maybe I'm the rumor queen, and who knows if that's actually going to happen. But I heard a little rumor that if they lose to the Jags this weekend, Broncos are leaving their coach, Nathaniel Hackett, over in London. Oh, my gosh. That would be a very quick... uh, Hot take, huh? Wow. That would be a quick quick stay for him in Denver. Very hot take. You're one for one in the last week. So, unfortunately for the Hackett family, they're probably hoping that you're not two for two. That rumor was from a Broncos fan, not an actual like podcast okay. or other ESPN type stuff that I listened to. Okay, uh, that so was we'll from see. a Broncos fan. I think he was hoping that was the case, but All right, we'll see. Hot take number 2. We'll see if it uh if it comes true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't really think you could blame the coach yet. Uh Russ has really kind of been the one let the team down in my opinion. So, I think you got to look there and figure that out first and foremost. But Maybe they should leave way, him in London. Maybe leave Russ in London. I think they pay him a little too much to leave him in London. <laughs> That'd be an expensive Kevin McAllister moment, no doubt. Yeah, that would be a little bit expensive. But anyways, we digress yet again. Let's just move along to the Sunday Let's. 1 o'clock slate of games to the Carolina Panthers at Atlanta Falcons. And this this game to me, this is the uh, Milk Duds game. Have you ever had a Milk Dud? That's literally my number one favorite candy. Chocolate. Really? Ones. Is it? Chocolate-wise, okay. yes. That's Chocolate my favorite candy. I, I don't mind Milk Duds. The problem I have with Milk Duds is they keep getting stuck in your teeth. They're like, so the caramel, it's like the caramely and like, uh, what is it in the middle? Like, not taffy, but like that kind of consistency. It's like, like yeah, it's just, hard, like chewy, like caramel, yeah, yeah. hard and chewy caramel, yeah. And it just keeps getting stuck in your teeth. The Panthers and the Falcons keep getting stuck in our teeth. They keep messing us up. We can't do anything with them. Every time we eat one, it's like, ah, we want to enjoy it. But they just keep getting stuck up there and you're having to go in and peel it off and deal with it. That's how I feel about both of these teams. Just a pain in my ass, essentially. Maybe not worth the the enjoyment you get out of eating a milk dud. Not worth really the enjoyment you could potentially get out of watching either of these teams. Just not feeling great about it. They're both kind of dud teams as well. So, Whoa. yeah, not not my favorite game of the week, as you can tell. Man, I'm just coming in just guns a-blazing at all these teams. Don't even Mac care. Just, Mac hates all NFL teams now. Zero Fs given. And either way, that's not telling me telling you much about who I'm going to choose. I struggle with this one because I feel like they're both pretty rough all the way around. But ultimately, I just feel like the loss of Christian McCaffrey, they were able to get it done against the Bucks, which it's surprising that I think they can't get it done against the Falcons. But I think it was kind of a one-off game. Ultimately, I kind of feel like they're already thrown in the towel a bit. They're looking ahead to next year, the different trades they're going to get out of, out of getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. I kind of feel like the Panthers are just going to kind of go downhill from here on out. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. I'm going to take them at low. I'm going to take them at three. But I think the Falcons have what it takes to get it done this weekend in an interdivisional matchup in this Milk Duds game. 
Okay, Milk Duds game. That is for sure my favorite one of the episode. We'll see if any of your later ones can trump that, but love that, especially with the dud reference as well. And nicely done, nicely done. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, so you had a three. Um, my confidence turns this into a football score. I went Falcons for seven. So I was a little more confident. We're kind of... Oh, seven. I know. I know. We're kind of a little a little farther apart on our first two uh, games that we didn't That's ding, ding, ding on. But it's okay. But uh, yeah, I just feel like if this, if if we throw away last week, which obviously we can't, if the Falcons didn't get blown out by the Bengals and the Panthers didn't somehow blow out the Bucks, this would have been way higher. But the Falcons have been playing pretty, um, pretty inspired ball. The Panthers, like you said, uh, have been waving the white towel. This game is in Atlanta, and I think the Falcons are gonna improve to four and four. And I think the Panthers and all those moves are gonna catch up to them. And PJ Walker's not gonna have two big weeks in a row like that. No offense to. Uh, the Walker family. But yeah, I have the Falcons bouncing back in a big way and I have them at seven. All right. Love to hear it. At least we agree and we can figure out the confidence pool or the confidence pool choices off air. This next game is quite a bit higher on my radar. Curious to see what you have done with it. It is the Chicago Bears at Dallas Cowboys. Boy, oh boy. I was down and out. I was void of hope, and then Monday night, my boys revived me. They brought me back from the dead, and I am ready to get hurt again because the playoff aspirations for your boy are back. We're three and four. Oh, I think, please. I think we've got a shot at the wild card. We didn't just beat the Patriots and Big Bad Bill. We dismantled them. This is our first ever franchise win in New England. Everybody before the game, all the experts went Patriots, 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 Patriots. And I said, ha, 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 ha. Treat for me. Trick for them. I'm not going to spend too much time on my boys because, unfortunately, they're playing the Cowboys. And I don't have them winning this game. But, in my opinion, the Bears are kind of like Michael Myers. Uh, one of my favorite Halloween monsters. Uh, the Bears just refuse to die. They, they lose to the Commanders. They're laid to rest. Uh-oh. A hand's coming through the ground. Not so fast, says the Bears, a.k.a. Michael. They come through. They destroy the Patriots. They were 10-point underdogs. And now they're slowly walking towards the Cowboys. Unfortunately, I think Dak is going to act like Jamie Lee Curtis in the last Halloween movie. I think she's going to put the Bears to rest on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And I do think Michael's going to put up a fight. He always does. He always gets a couple stabs in. I think they're going to stab at the Cowboys a couple times. I think he's going to get Dak in the upper thigh maybe a couple times. And for a quick second, I think people in Dallas might be thinking that Michael Myers finally ended Jamie. But in the end, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is going to take down my boys. But it's not going to be a game for the faint of heart. It's going to be a good one. So I'm really, really scared to hear how high you have the Cowboys. I have them beating my boys in a very close game. My confidence doesn't really point to a close game, but I have the Cowboys at eight. But let me say, if the Bears win this game, I'm not going ever higher than four against my boys again. But yeah, I have the Cowboys at eight. You only have them at eight. That's, oh my God. <laughs> the Cowboys, oh, I have the biggest point spread differential of any game this week, except for the Bills. And so that's... That's pretty interesting that you only have them at eight. <laughs> Vegas doesn't know what they're talking about. You're right. Vegas has no idea. They just use all sorts of algorithms and things to make it. Don't uh, you dare say say north of 12. Don't you possible. dare. Don't, don't you dare say, say north, north of 12. Don't you dare. Well, I have them at 12, so. 
Well, that's still freakishly high. Come on, you cannot be serious. We, like I said. Okay, let's let me say this. We put them that high against the Lions, and I'm not saying that the Lions are crazy better than the Bears, but the Bears and the Lions are very similar playing field. Oh. Minus the fact that the Lions actually have a somewhat performing offense. The but Lions the, scored. But the Bears have a somewhat performing defense. So the Lions did score zero against the Patriots, though, and the Bears scored thirty-three. Just saying, and okay. that that is saying that is saying something. But I think is a little bit more to that when the Lions had no one on offense playing except for T.J. Hawkinson. No, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, we do need to talk about that because you can't just compare apples to oranges all the time. No, I like comparing apples, oranges, grapes, bananas, all the fruits. <laughs> okay. When it when it benefits me, I like comparing skyscrapers to ants. Fair, fair. Whenever it benefits you, then but it's no, good to go. No, fair enough. Uh, eight and twelve. And yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope we're wrong with another higher confidence here. We shall see. I think you might be changing your uh, your outlook on the Bears if we make something happen on Sunday. You also, so we'll literally, see. just texted me right before this podcast that the Bears uh, no. just traded away their best pass rusher. So. The biggest thing going for the Bears is their defense. Anyways, I don't know. We're spending so much time on this game. We both have Cowboys, so we can figure out the confidence later on. But I want to spend 10 more ten more minutes no. on this game, at least. <laughs> We're not spending 10 more minutes on this game. Well, okay, yes. Yeah, okay, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. I got my piece out. You got your piece out. We'll see if the Bears are like Michael Myers and uh, put a fright in the Cowboys. We'll see if they All can right. finally beat finally beat Jamie. Okay, yeah, we'll see if they can do it. If the Bears win this weekend, we will talk for sure. Absolutely. Promise? About keeping them low moving forward. Promise? Promise. Awesome. I'm not That's saying we, we have to choose the Bears. I'm saying we can talk about keeping them low. That's a treat for me. That is a, quite the treat for you. And quite the treat for me is the fact that the Lions are going to pull up a major upset as well this weekend. So, hey, maybe the Bears and the Lions will, but... No, I'm just messing. It's unfortunately actually a trick. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are taking on the Detroit Lions in the D. And we will see what happens with this game. Unfortunately, I'm not too optimistic for my boys. So I will keep it keep it short and sweet. But just to compare it, to continue my comparisons with the uh, candy. This one for me, this game is like red hot. Because we've got two just like smoking hot, high-performing offenses, just absolute zingers all the time, left and right. They can really sting you if you're not careful. They leave this, like, real sting in your mouth because they're just so spicy, so red hot. But the difference here for me is that, unfortunately, I think the Lions are kind of like the off-brand of the red hot, like the hot tamales. I think that's pretty accurate. They can leave a little sting at times, and they had been in the beginning, but we've had a lot of injuries, and unfortunately, we still have a lot of injuries with some of our best players. And because of that, we've cooled down real fast. We're not staying hot. We're not staying spicy. The Dolphins have experienced a little bit of that, but they've got their pieces back, and they've got all their ingredients back to keep that red hot nice and spicy. And I think they're going to do that again this weekend, unfortunately. Their defense is way too good. Their offense is way too good. And the Lions, I'll be the first to admit, we do not have a very complete team. So, unfortunately, I think we're going to lose this weekend. And you'll be happy because I like to actually put confidence pool above my own heart. I have Whoa. the Dolphins winning, and I have them at 11. 
Huh. So you had your boys less than my boys. Interessante. Yes, because the Cowboys' defense is better than the Miami Dolphins' defense, in my opinion. That is fair. That is fair. Cowboys are also at home, and the Dolphins are in Detroit, so I'll give you that. Yes, I agree. Also, you know me with spices. I'm really bad with anything, so even the off-brand would probably be hitting me pretty hard. So so for my sake, can we compare the Lions to more of like a Skittles in terms of like spiciness for me? Because I think even you the want them brand, to be you want them to be Skittles. That's not even at all spicy. Well, I know, but for you, the off-brand like the hot the tamales bears can would, be spicy because they're not hot. Or I'm sorry, the bears can be Skittles because they're not hot at all. Bears are hot. Bears are really hot. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I respect your high confidence level. Mine is very similar. I had the Dolphins winning at twelve. I'm not going to lean in anymore. You always love uh, ripping on your bears before I get the chance, which is very, uh, very fair and very uh, good strategy by you. So I have nothing further to say other than two is back. He has a week under his belt. They're back on the winning train. I have them marching into Detroit um, and really spooking the Lions on Sunday. Uh, So I have them at 12. So we're pretty close on that one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I definitely think they are going to unfortunately spook us, but hey, you never know. Maybe I'll get a nice old treat this weekend. The NFL is pretty unpredictable, so you never know. Could be a trick, could be a treat. We'll find out. It is. It is pretty unpredictable. I feel like we can predict this next game hopefully fairly well. We've got the Arizona Cardinals at Minnesota Vikings. Man, oh man, Uh, don't look now, but the Minnesota Vikings are kind of running away with the NFC North. Uh, We've got the Bears and Packers tied at three and four, Um, Lions at one and five. So yeah, the the Vikings have a three and a half game lead in a two and a half game lead in the division already. Packers, as we'll talk about here in a couple games, have the Bills. So if everything that we expect to happen happens this weekend, the Vikings will have almost a four-game lead in the division. And I kind of compare the Vikings offense to kind of like Count Dracula. They just slowly suck the blood out of the defense. And they have a lot of weapons. They've got like a lot of fangs to do so. They've got Jay Jetta, in my opinion, the best receiver in the game. Adam Thielen, no slouch. Another sharp tooth that can really, really get you right where it hurts. Dalvin Cook also can suck a little blood out of the neck. Uh, not to mention Kirk Cousins is a pretty accurate quarterback. He's got the juice as well. He's got the juice. He's got the juice. So I can't yeah, imagine I really, a more beautiful thing. It's corn. <laughs> it's the Vikings. So yeah, I don't like seeing the Vikings do so well, but hey, better the Vikings than the Packers. They're five and one. Uh, Cardinals do have D Hop back. He had a great first week off of his suspension last Thursday night. He had over ten catches, over hundred yards. Um, so that definitely is going to improve that offense. But Kyler, Kyler's really not doing it this year, and. Yeah, I think Count Dracula is slowly going to suck all the red out of the Cardinals. Um, I have the Vikings winning in Minnesota on Hollow's Eve. And I have them winning another scary high confidence because all these games are so close. I got them at nine. So the Cardinals were a playoff team last year, a little little scurry, but I got Count Dracula sucking this one at nine. All right. That is very scary, and mine is also very scary. I have the Vikings winning at eight, so very close there. Um, I am nervous. Honestly, my one through ten, pretty much, I'm extremely nervous for. I would have to second that statement. Yeah, and no game am I more nervous for than this next one. It is the Las Vegas Raiders at New Orleans Saints, and... 
Why are you laughing so hard because, at that transition? Because when we found out this is the one game, I'm not laughing at the tradition of transition. I'm laughing at my sheet. Oh my god, like tears in my eyes because you said this was one of your lowest, and I also agreed. And I'm looking at my sheet, and that does not uh, align with what I told you earlier. So sorry, you do yours, and then I'll <laughs> tell you tell you what my confidence at. Oh boy, this ought to be good then. I'm guessing then that we're already going to switch to your team if you are a lot more confident than I am in this one because this is a complete 50-50 game. I just kind of went with a little bit of my gut here. Uh, We have the Raiders at Saints this weekend. And to me, this game was kind of like a Mounds and Almond Joy type game. So Yeah. Wait, yuck. I love Mounds and Almond Joy. Oh, to each his own. Sorry, continue. I love him. I love him too. To each his own. So these are close contenders here, right? They're almost exactly 50-50. They're almost the exact same candy. Mounds is dark chocolate with the coconut inside. And Almond Joy is dark chocolate with a coconut and an almond. So they're basically the same. There's just that one piece that makes them different. And it's that piece of that almond. So like these candies, you could really probably go either way, depending on what you're looking for in a specific candy or in this instance, a football game. So for me, the one piece here that I'm looking at is home field advantage. The Saints have kept every game they've played at home within a razor thin margin of just a couple points because I think the Superdome has that effect on people with within the Saints. They play different at home. There's a lot of energy there. You can kind of see it when you watch those games. And on the other side of the football, the Raiders have never won a game on the road yet this year. They, nom, 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 nom. I would say that is a juicy nugget, or should I say right, an juicy. almond? Because that gives the Saints... The Almond Joy advantage, because I like Almond Joy more than I like Mounds. And I'm going to give them the edge here. And I've got Saints, and I've got them at one. Okay, so we've got one, and then we've got my confidence. Yeah, (laughs) Almond Joys. So I guess this is a perfect transition, because I guess we agree on how much we like Almond Joys as much as we agree on the confidence of this game. Uh, you like Almond Joys, I do not. You have this at one, I do not. So, I didn't <laughs> give this one a theme because this is not my game of analysis, but I am going to say a little piece because I knew that we had this one differently. <clears throat> and I think that the Raiders are finally hitting their stride. They were 0-4, they were the last team without at least a tie after four weeks. They had their bye week and they're finally coming together. It looks like that Carr and Devontae connection from Fresno State is finally starting to click. Josh Jacobs, who was a wave maker of the week a couple weeks ago, easily could have been another wave maker of the week this week because he has just been performing out of this world. He had three tutties last week. And the Raiders, they're slowly creeping their way back up the um, power rankings where people expected them to be. I think they were at like 12 or 13 this week. And I think they're just really hitting their stride. The Saints, they've got the QB carousel. Is it the Red Rocket? Is it Famous Jameis? Um, They have so many injuries. They're so banged up. And they had a great start to the season, but I think they've lost three games in a row. So I really think the Raiders are going to put a spook into the Saints. They're going to take a bite out of that Almond Joy and go, blah, yuck, give me some Swedish fish. Give me some milk duds. I don't like that. So I have the Raiders. I have <laughs> I have them at 10. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, literally we were texting earlier, and I said, this is one of my lowest. And Bob goes, yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. Why I 
thought that was one of my lowest, but that's one of my highest. Yeah, that's literally one of your highest. I mean, I'm fine with switching them. Honestly, Isla was truly flip-flopping on that all day. Me too. Yeah, you too, clearly. (laughs) I just like to, you know, throw in some stuff to think about. And also, it's important to note that the Saints actually have a slightly better defense than the Raiders. But I know offense matters probably more than anything. And the Raiders, I feel like, are above and beyond in that category. Definitely some stuff to talk about with that game, because that's a spooky... uh confidence difference right there yeah I mean I'm fine I'm already I'll say right now I'm already fine going Raiders I would just maybe like to lower it a little bit we can lower it a little bit well we can lower games like the Bears and that that game it just we'll we'll figure it out off off air but there's a couple games we need to lower for sure yeah I cannot believe you put that higher than the Bears game are you kidding me you were hitting the bottle earlier on to the next game, folks. On to the next game. Oh, my word. What am I going to do with you? On to the next game. Ooh, this is another low one, so I really hope you agree with that. We have the New England Patriots at New York Jets. Two I... new teams. Oh, uh-huh. New England, New York. Spooky, spooky, witches, goblins, ghosts. Boo. Um, Yes. So this game is interesting. I'm a little biased because I just saw the Bears absolutely ramrod the Patriots on Monday night, so I think a lot less of them than I did a week and a half ago. But yeah, in my opinion, the Jets are kind of like the children of the corn. They are just a ragtag group of kids, so many young rookies. James Robinson, they just got him. Zach Wilson, new. I know he's been getting a lot of swag, a lot of um, apologies for Mac, and a lot of wave maker gear and they just have a bunch of guys that really don't know better and they just don't stop coming at you they're kind of like the children of the corn they start coming and it's like oh it's just a little old jets just the children of the corn and then all of a sudden behind multiple stocks more kids are there and more levels and more levels and the defense and the kids they just don't stop coming and eventually they eat you and all of a sudden you're like wow we just lost to the jets we just lost to the children of the corn and the jets just don't stop winning. They just beat the Broncos. That defense is relentless, just like the children in the corn. And I think it's going to be no different in this Patriots game. I was reading an article earlier today, and the Jets haven't beaten the Patriots since 2015. Last year, they talk about how the Patriots really ran up the score in a 54-13 to Patriots win. And Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets, said, we don't have a bad memory. Uh, we remember that very well, and uh, we're not going to forget it on Sunday. So I am really excited for the Jets to kind of grab hold of this rivalry. I have them beating the Patriots. I have the children of the corn eating Bill and uh, Mac Jones, and I have them winning at a confidence of three. Okay. I like it. I also have the Jets winning this weekend. I have them at a confidence of two. I think the Jets are keeping those receipts from last year, and I think they're going to cash in on some of them starting this weekend. Are they going to call back, though? They might. I don't know. We'll see about uh, if Geno Smith's calling back this weekend or writing back, hopefully. Right. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and move along to the next game of the weekend. Yes, finally. An easy one, right? We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at Philadelphia Eagles. This is a battle for the state of Pennsylvania. Loser has to move. Um, No, just kidding. But this is, to me, this is the Reese's game right here. We've got two different types of Reese's. We've got two Pennsylvania home teams. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, which are kind of like Reese's Pieces to me. They're like, man, they're okay, but they're not great. 
And especially this year, they're not great. They haven't really been getting a lot of things done. It's like they're trying to kind of imitate, right? They try to be an imitator. They try to take on and copy from their originals. And their original is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And that is Mm. just really good. That combination, chocolate, peanut butter. We've got Hertz. We've got Brown. We've got all these pieces just coming together in just ooey goodness for the Philadelphia Eagles. Just, yes, chef's kiss. Love it. Love to have it. Love to see it. The Eagles are going to continue winning this weekend. Easy peasy for me. This one is my highest confidence of the week. I've got the Eagles, and I've got them at 15. Excellente. Yeah, chef's kiss to the Eagles and to Reese's Pieces. Shout out Reese's Pieces. I love it. I completely agree. I think the Eagles are going to win the Battle of Pennsylvania. I have them at 13, so very high. Not much different than your 15, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, not bad at all. Pretty close there. And that actually wraps up our one o'clock slated game. So we can move into the Sunday afternoon slate. But before we do, you know what time it is. It's our favorite time every week. It is time for the first word from our sponsors. This Halloween-themed Making Waves NFL Confidence Pool podcast is brought to you by... Halloween! Trick or treat, smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care. Hollow down my underwear. Give me candy, give me cider. Do 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 do. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Brought to you by Spirit Halloween. Get your costume here. Get them before they're all gone. <laughs> God. I literally didn't think of this at all until right it's now. It's all good. It's all good. I just love, I love, love, love when you just keep adding on. It's like what happens to me often. It's I like, got you're that like, from you. should I end? And then you just keep throwing shit on me. I realized that I didn't have an ad for anything until I said Spirit Halloween. Hey, no, that's okay. I love it. Advertisement for Halloween. Just, you know, Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Oh, oh my gosh. My God. Amazing. Well, I won't let you have to sit in that for too long and think Thank too you. much about that ad. We'll just uh, re-listen to it over and over again tomorrow when it gets per- produced. Perfect. Can't wait. Perfect. I'll let you redeem yourself a little bit with this next analysis. We've got the Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans. Yes, and speaking of highest confidence games like you just had with the Eagles, this game is my highest confidence level. I have the Titans at 15. And when I think of the Titans, I think of Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry reminds me of Frankenstein. He just doesn't look like he should be a normal human that you would see walking on the sidewalk. It looks like someone grabbed just these massive arms and this very like small midsection and these tree trunk thighs and then just put it all together and then you've got like this Terminator, Derrick Henry. Uh, Titans, after a terrible start, have slowly regained control of the AFC West, or sorry, the AFC South. I think they have a two-game lead in the AFC, and they've got like a four-game winning streak, so they're looking like the team we expected. Frankenstein, a.k.a. Derrick Henry, a.k.a. King Henry's finding his footing. I think Frankenstein is going to absolutely rip the Texans to shreds. Maybe take Davis Mills' arm, put him on him. Maybe take uh, Cook Speed, add it to himself. And I think Frankenstein and the Titans are going to win this handedly. I got them winning in Houston. Houston, we have a problem at 15. True. Okay. That 15 kind of took me back a little bit there, especially with Tannehill questionable heading into this weekend. Um, so maybe 
we can talk about that in the event that Tannehill is absent this weekend due to his injury. Because then we would have Malik in there, which that'd be great, but also still a rookie. That'd be a little concerning to me. Either way, I also have the Titans, and I have them a little bit lower. I still have them at double digits, but I have them at 10. Okay. Okay. So not too far in. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we can. What are your thoughts if Tannehill sits? Uh, Tannehill sits, I am more than good with meeting much closer to your confidence for sure. So, yeah, the confidence will definitely hinge on whether Tannehill plays or not. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I would even be honest about looking into switching if Tannehill sits, but I don't think he makes that much of a difference because Derrick Henry does, but just having a rookie in there, I don't know. I feel like it'd be an it would need to be a no. lot lower than yeah. what we both have. That's fair. And the Texans have been putting up a fight against a lot yeah. of formidable opponents. So, oh, yeah, they absolutely if, have. Yeah, so if that happens, this is definitely a game that we'll need to uh, chit-chat about offline. Okay. That sounds like a plan, Stan. Uh, moving right along to the next game, we have the Washington Commanders at Indianapolis Colts. And I was looking at this game, and immediately I thought of this candy. I thought of Sour Patch Kids because first they're sour, then they're sweet. For both of these teams, one week they're going to win, one week they're going to lose. We literally cannot get a good grasp on what it's going to be. Sour, sweet, good, bad. Who knows because literally these teams have been screwing us left and right, especially one, the Indianapolis Colts. But I don't know. Either way, we finally got a hold a little bit, and we got some points on a Colts game this past weekend. I think we're going to just roll on through and keep that up. And I think the Commanders are just going to roll on through and keep up their winning. I've got the Commanders. I've got them winning at a spooky high confidence of six. Six. Okay. I've got the Commanders at four. And wait, did you say that we got points on a Colts game? Was that... Was that a uh, we misstatement? We did. We got points when they lost to the Titans. We finally broke our streak. Talk about a treat. Nom, 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 I nom, know. Nom. I like that one. Can you believe it? I literally cannot. Indianapolis, <laughs> your city your city is safe for now. Um, But, yeah, so I think that's going to be a good one. It's, I'm sorry, did you say what you're oh. choosing the commanders at? Sorry, I got the commanders. I got them at four, so a little less confident. But, uh yeah, definitely confident that they're going to beat the new Ellinger-led Colts. Sorry, Matt. It was a great it was a great career, but uh, it's Ellinger's team now. Oh, my gosh. Did we even talk about that? I don't think we did. And I'm the updates guy, so that one's totally on me. I'm the updates king. Yes, the Colts uh, formally announced that they are going to be benching Matt Ryan for the rest of the season. Crazy statement when you're 3-4 and four and Matt Ryan is literally fourth in passing yards in the NFL right now. Uh, but, yeah, they have... Um, Formally announced that, what's his first name? Something Ellinger. Uh, yeah, Ellinger. Uh, Ellinger. Ryan Ellinger from, <laughs> from Texas. I, is it Are, Ryan Ellinger? No, I don't know. Either way, it's Ellinger. Right. It's Ellinger's his last name for sure. So Ellinger, uh, he played at Texas in college ball. He was an okay college quarterback, but did not think that this uh, announcement, announcement would be happening after week seven. So yeah, Matty Ryan, uh, solid career, but... Uh, you are no longer the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Talk about a spook. That is a spook for him heading into Halloween weekend. Unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens because they are just have been cruising through quarterbacks left and right. And I think they need to be looking a little bit beyond quarterbacks at this point. But that's just me. I'm, 
He's preaching the choir on that one. Uh, but speaking of moves and things like that on their teams, for some it doesn't go so good, but for some it goes pretty dang well like this next team. San Francisco 49ers, as we mentioned, they just picked up CMC. That is a huge move, probably the – well, definitely the biggest uh, trade so far this year, but probably going to be the biggest one this entire year. We'll see. We've still got another week before the trade deadline. But the San Francisco 49ers – New and improved are taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I would definitely have to echo that statement because whenever a perennial one one through three fantasy pick like the last five years gets traded, it's huge news. And to me, the 49ers to the to the Rams are kind of like Hannibal Lecter. It's kind of like Saw because the Rams obviously are Super Bowl defending champs. McVay is like this football genius. He remembers plays from random games in 2015, which is mind-boggling to me I, I thought that was a it was like a fake act for a while but like I've read things that like he literally remembers every play so good on him but for this smart McVay he's like stuck in the Saw movie and the Niners are Hannibal Lecter the Niners always have his number they always have him in a corner they always have him in some crazy predicament just like Hannibal Lecter did to the main characters of Saw and the Rams cannot figure out the puzzle of Hannibal Lecter Shanahan and the Niners and now they have a new toy they have a new buzzsaw in CMC and I think the Niners have won like seven or eight games in a row in the regular season against the Rams and like something crazy like 10 out of 12 so Hannibal Lecter and Shanahan really own the Rams and I think with this new piece in CMC he has a full week of practice under his belt I think it's going to be a really really tough toy to get out of if you're Sean McVay and Matty Stafford I think some of the limbs might be bent on Sunday afternoon in LA, and I think the Niners are going to win this game. I do have it low because the Niners have looked pretty crappy. Um, they lost two games in a row, but I still think Hannibal Lecter is going to get the last laugh against McVay. So I have them beating the Rams in LA, and I have them winning at a confidence level of two. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, we gosh. are pretty far off uh, throughout this week, but that's okay. Sometimes those are the ones that we do the best at because we give each other some things to think about. Uh, I also have the 49ers. They just have the Rams number completely, and it's because of that and because of their new weapons, I think they're going to bounce back quite a bit this weekend against the Rams. They already beat them once this season. Don't think they're going to have a problem doing it again. Uh, I've got the 49ers. I've got them at seven. Ooh. We've got some chatting to we've got some chatting to do tomorrow about four we've games got here. Some serious chatting to do about some of these games, but hey, at least most of them. Well, now we've pretty much decided exactly who we're going to choose. We just need to yes. redistribute confidences. We got the teams down pat. We just need to figure out the treats with the uh, the confidence levels. Exactly. Yeah, and one of these next two teams is about to receive another treat. They have been receiving treats all season long so far because they have been a treat themselves and surprising everybody throughout this season. We have the New York Giants at Seattle Seahawks. And for me, speaking along those lines of treats and things like of that nature, this game is a Starburst game for me because Starburst – they're delicious, right? They're a great surprise. Every time I eat them, they're refreshing. They're just a boost of fruity, just deliciousness. I really like Starburst personally. It's just like a bite of joy every time you just crunch into Starburst. And I think both of these teams, both the Giants and the Seahawks, have found a lot of joy so far this season. 
I get a boost from watching them because it's fun to see teams who were expected to be terrible come in and do really well, or teams who have been struggling come in and do well. It's a boost. It's a boost of fruity deliciousness. I love it. But there's one team here that is the pink starburst, in my opinion, the best one of them all, the best starburst, the best in this game, the New York football giants. Even without their tackle, their offensive tackle, which that is a big injury and something that we should take into consideration. I don't know. The Giants just have this spark for me. I'm really hoping. I know Eli has been writing, writing, writing to Geno Smith. I really hope he writes back this weekend and the Giants take this one. It is a close game for me. I think it's going to be a very close game. So I've got it low, but I've got the Giants and I've got them at four. Okay. I have the Giants and I have them. This is my lowest confidence, so I have them at one. And, yeah, I think if you told us before the season these two teams, one would be 6-1 and one and one would be 4-3. and three. I think these are two of the most surprising, if not the top two surprising teams in the NFL. And quick side note, you think pink starbursts are better than red? Hot oh, take. A thousand percent. Interesting. I mean, hey, I'm not going to not gonna um, debate the fact that it's top two. Pink is definitely my number two, but red is far and away in my mm-hmm. opinion, uh, number one. We might throw another poll on the, the yeah. good old uh, LinkedIn to see who agrees with me and who agrees with you. On the good old LinkedIn? You're trying oh. to get a job opportunity with Starburst? Yeah, let me put that poll on good old LinkedIn. Oh, that's oh, incredible. Gosh. I love that. Yeah, we'll throw oh. one out there and see what people have to say. I know I'm probably stirring some serious shit this week by talking we about any- all these candies. I wonder if we have any weirdos that like the yellow or orange the best, but that would just be, that'd be upsetting. So I wouldn't even want to know if anybody in my circle likes those best, but <laughs> I digress. I disagree with the top Starburst flavor, but I agree with who's going to win this game. I think the Giants are going to go seven and one mind boggling to think that that can be the case, but yeah, I have met one, you have met four. So we'll see if they can uh, keep the, uh, keep the ship rolling and keep the treats flying for those New Yorkers. Fingers crossed. You love to see it. Absolutely. Love to see it. And something else you'd love to see as we hop into our last two primetime games are what has become one of the best parts of the show. Mac has slowly become the advertisement queen, and I think it goes without saying that we can't wait to see what she has in store for us today. Thank you very much. I was curious if you were going to remember, because I know we're, we're moving through these pretty pretty efficiently here. But oh, yes, of course. so this Making Waves Week 8 NFL of the NFL Confidence Pool Podcast is brought to you by Halloween Candy, also along the same lines of yours. <laughs> but I have a little jingle for this one. So, oh, great. Halloween Candy. Is it Reese's or is it Reese's? I don't really care. Just give me some pieces. Snickers and Starburst and Kit Kat, too. Stock up on all your favorite candies before the kids yell boo-hoo. Halloween candy. Happy Halloween. Oh my goodness. Very, <laughs> very nicely done. Was that was that like the Mickey Mouse song? Yeah. Or was that the yip was that yippity doodah? <laughs> was that Yippity? Yippity doodah? <laughs> Dang it. Zippity-doo-dah. Was, was oh, that yeah. zippity-doo-dah? It was. It was. Zippity-doo-dah. Wow. Zippity-day. <laughs> I also liked how you, you, were, you were dancing. I was like, man, she's really getting into this jingle again. Once again, I, I think that... I love the old-timey feels, you know? You I really do. You just timey feels. You just belong outside like a bodega with or like on a stoop. You always just, say the bodega. <laughs> I don't know why I say bodega. You deserve to be like on a stoop with like all your West Side Story folks just... <laughs> 
Straw hat, just killing it. I think I was born in the wrong era is the issue. I think you might have been, but once again, I think our fans are going to, uh, yeah, I think they're all going to say that yours is better once again. So I got, I got to start getting back on my advertisement game because that was I don't know. Was a good I one. think the fans are mostly going to enjoy the fact that you called zippity doo da yippity doo da. <laughs> Man, can't wait to hear what people have to say about that one. Oh my gosh. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this next game. I am excited for your analysis because we finally have the opportunity to pick against this team. Rightfully so. Sunday night, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the Green Bay Pukey Packers at the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, he's Jack the Ripper. He's the Wicked Witch of the West. He's the monster under your bed. He is the headless horseman. He's the creepo in your closet. He's been haunting the NFC North, and more specifically, both of our boys for far too long. And Josh Allen is going to be the hero we all deserve. He's going to take out the headless horseman. He's going to destroy it once and for all. He's going to put the stake in the heart. He's going to bring out the garlic. Just Aaron Rodgers is everything that's wrong. He is the bad guy. He is he's the he's the villain in every Halloween movie, and I can't wait for Josh Allen to be our savior. About to gift the Packers their four straight loss. A treat for everybody, unless you live in Green Bay. Four straight losses for the Packers. I thought I'd never hear the day. I thought I'd never see the day. And yeah, I am very high in this confidence. And this is one of those games that you might look at and be like, ooh, Rodgers versus Allen. Sunday night primetime game. Hollow's Eve. Spooky season. But you know what? I'm so confident that the Bills are going to win this game. I'm so confident that the Packers are going to lose this game. I'm so confident that we're finally going to get to bury Rodgers and the Packers season. And what a great way to enter Halloween, October 31st. I'm going to be smiling. No pukey Packers feeling. Just a full belly of Bills candy. I've got the Bills at home, and I've got them at 12. The number of Rodgers, how perfect is that? The number of donut that Mac didn't want to eat. She wanted to go right to 13. And <laughs> 12 for the Bills. Love it. Wow, I like that. I love that you made it Roger's number. That's classic right there. Classic, classic. Cool. Just a one, little party, one little parting. See you, Rogers. Yeah, well, uh, you're going to like this, I think, even more because I have the Bills also winning this game, but I have them winning at 14. I love it. I love <laughs> it. We'll go with that. We'll go with 14. We'll go with 14. Man, any opportunity I can get to pick against the Packers and feel extremely confident about, I'm going to put it as high as I can. I mean, heck yeah. How could you not? Might as well. Might as, Might well. as well. But yeah, that, that feels good. Ending uh, Sunday night in Hollow's Eve, as you've been mentioning it, and we can move along. The final game of Week 8 occurring on Halloween itself. Get your candy, go out, trick or treat, and scurry on home by 8.15 p.m. because we have another game, a battle for the state of Ohio. We have the Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns. And I figured, what better way to celebrate the game of on Halloween with the classic Halloween candy, the uh, candy corn is a very classic Halloween candy. And give me this game three years ago, this for sure would be the candy corn game in the classic sense of candy corn. Candy corn is arguably, I would say, the most controversial Halloween candy out there. Some people hate it. Some people really hate it. And I think a lot of people think that it's just very bland. And in recent years, both the Bengals and the Browns have been very bland. They've barely been winning. They haven't done a lot. But as of last year, 
There was one of these teams that has changed the narrative around their game. Just like I hope to change the narrative around candy corn, because sue me, I like candy corn. It's just a little subtle sweet. It's not overly sweet. I'm not a huge sweet tooth kind of person. Candy corn just gives you that little sweet touch. And just like I hope to change the narrative, the Bengals have been changing the narrative around their game. Easy peasy for me, this one. The Bengals are going to take Ohio, send Cleveland Browns packing out of the state. And Ohio is just kind of also a bland state, so this is perfect. But either way, I digress. Cincinnati Bengals are going to win this game Monday night on Halloween. Sorry, Browns, but this is going to be a spooky one for you. And Joe Burrow is going to be the face of that. I've got Bengals, and I've got them at 13. I Very close to me. I know we don't have enough time for me to go into the candy corn debate here because that could take minutes and hours, but I do not like candy corn at all. But uh, hey, Fair enough. Again, a lot of people what, do not. I That was a very unpopular opinion of me to just – I'm feeling very vulnerable right now, putting myself out there saying that I, I like mean, candy corn. I don't blame it. You were just throwing out all the candies that maybe a lot of people don't like historically, but she likes mounds. She likes Almond Joys. And she likes candy corn. I don't know if you said you like mounds, but definitely Almond Joys and candy corn. But uh, – yeah, and I don't I like have, Milky Ways. I am people are gonna rip on me. I think after this episode, people gonna be pissed. And yeah, I agree. I have the Bengals at fourteen, so very very similar. I think they're gonna have a great Halloween. Um, I think the Browns are gonna have a terrible Halloween. And I think it's funny that you said you don't have a very big sweet tooth because just one week ago your belly was full of twenty two powdered donuts. Literally, sweets are like I would never choose sweets. I would choose savory and. Yet, I had to eat 22 powdered donuts. <laughs> That's how much she loves this podcast, and she loves you, Wave Riders. And that will do it for us. Uh, we'll have to talk about a lot of these confidence levels tomorrow. But we hope that you all have a happy and safe Halloween. Quick shout-out to Kenneth Walker. He's my wave maker. I forgot to bring him up. I'll give you a shout-out and send that swag your way. But happy Halloween from us to you, and we can't wait to see you all next week. All right. Love it. And yeah, sorry. Quick shout out to also Joey B because he was also my wave maker of this week. But we just talked so much about candy and scary movies and Halloween and who can be mad about that. So yes, as Bob said, have fun, be safe. See y'all next week. Peace.